The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to a new quick hitter from Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams. Our guest this week is college basketball national reporter Rob Dowster. He writes at his brand new site, The Rebound. We discussed the big three in his mind in college basketball this upcoming season. A top three in the sport that's so good that if you don't have them there in your top 25 preseason poll, we've got questions for you. Plus, we go to Champaign where Illinois has emerged and will be one of the best teams in the nation heading into the 2020-21 campaign. We'll make a stop in New Jersey. Seton Hall's been the king of the state in recent years, but Rutgers has something to say about that, and that rivalry, it's got a rebirth to it. And we'll go all the way to the West Coast. Polly Pavilion, Nick Cronin, that combination at first thought to be one that was a bit strange when you consider the fact he was at Cincinnati. But a guest that we had on this very show weeks ago, it's someone who Rob Downster's high on. The Bruins are back. I think there's a big three at the top of the sport. It's Nova, it's Baylor, and it's Gonzaga. And if you don't have Villanova, Baylor, or Gonzaga in your top three, if you do a preseason top 25, then I want whatever you're smoking. I need a little bit of that. I'm still quarantined here. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head with Tennessee. That's very interesting to me. I think that uh, getting back Eve's Ponds is going to let them be able to play like this kind of small ball lineup and, and you mentioned the, the incoming class they have coming in uh, Keon Johnson is a freshman I think he was a four-star recruit but everyone around that program right now is just raving about how good he's going to end up being I think he's going to surprise a lot of people I had Tennessee in the top 10 if Kentucky does not get Olivier Sar eligible I do think Tennessee is the clear-cut favorite uh, to win the SEC regular season title should there be an SEC regular season I'm also really curious to see what happens with Illinois Uh, You know, they were, I think the biggest surprise of the whole early entry period was that I would assume who ended up coming back to school. Now, uh, most people thought during the season that he was probably gone, right? And he's one of these kids that like keeps everything close to the vest. And uh, during the whole process, like his coaching staff was not just sitting there wearing him out. Like, hey, we want you back, blah, 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 this, that, and the third. Like they understood that he needed time to make a decision. And he ended up making, I think, probably the right decision because at the very least, He has the security of knowing he's going to get a scholarship, he's going to have a place to stay, and he's going to be able to have a meal plan, and he's going to get a stipend heading into next season. Whereas he's the kind of player where, like, NBA teams would want to take a risk on him because he's basically a jump shot away from being a really, really good pro. But how many guys are a jump shot away from being a really, really good pro? You know, you're not going to use a guaranteed contract on a guy like that. He was, in my mind, he's like the quintessential get-a-camp guarantee work your way to a two-way kind of a deal kind of a player. But if we don't know what the G League looks like, we don't know what the European markets are going to look like, it's risky to do that. You might find yourself in a place where you don't have a job because we don't know what the job market for professional basketball players is going to look like heading into the the 2020-21 season. Um, So getting him back and getting Kobe Coburn back, uh, to me, that makes Illinois a top 10 team, maybe a top 8 team. Uh, I personally think they're probably the favorite to win the Big Ten. I know everybody loves Iowa. I have questions about uh, how well Iowa's going to guard, but, uh, you know, it's kind of like Illinois and Iowa, Wisconsin, like they're probably the top three teams 
um, in that conversation. But I think I would say that Illinois is the favorite. I already fired a, at a 50 to one um, bet on them to win the national title. Should there be a national title? And, you know, I just, I love Desumu, man. He, he's the best big shot maker in the sport. And when Illinois is good, like that, that's just one of those fan bases that makes college basketball better when they are good. So um, I'm very interested to see what happens out in Champaign. I'll tell you what, had never been out to the State Farm Center. That place looks like it can absolutely rock when the Fighting Illini are going. And that's going to be very exciting to see. I'll tell you what. Elsewhere in the Big Ten, after those three teams we just talked about, how about the Rutgers Scarlet Knights and what they've been able to do under Steve Peichel? Yeah, that's my home state, man. I live in New Jersey now. So um, I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens uh, with Rutgers, mostly because it feels like every year that, that he's in Piscataway, Steve Peichel gets that team better and better and better. So um, knowing that they won, but they end up winning 20 games last year and they would have made the tournament had the tournament actually happened. Uh, to me, that just kind of says like, okay, they've arrived. Now they got a bunch of pieces coming back um, and they're getting the uh, Cliff Amaruyi. I'm never going to pronounce his name right. I'm going to get it wrong every you time. You actually came pretty close there. Cliff Amaruyi. Yeah. See, I knew you would know it, Fanta. Um, yeah, like getting him eligible kind of fills a role and, and fills a need that they had in their front line. Uh, but, I mean, there's just – they go like nine deep, man, and, and they won all of those games already. The rack, when Rutgers is good, it's just a nightmare to play because you got, you got all these Jersey kids, uh, you know, in there getting drunk and yelling at you. Well, <laughs> I, you know, I, I say that we're not going to have fans in college basketball this season, so we're going to see what that home court is really like. But um, it's – I'm, I'm very interested to see – how they kind of progress. And, and honestly, like as somebody that is living in the state of New Jersey, I really like that both Seton Hall and Rutgers have kind of turned things around and they're good because now like if that becomes an actual rivalry and like a and, and not just one like between the two fan bases, but one with like national relevance, that's awesome for me, man. That's 45 minutes up the road. That's a home game for me. I love it. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, now for me living in Hoboken, just, just a fantastic thing. You could get college basketball, and you get a pretty damn good meal out of the Garden State Hardwood Classic between Seton Hall and Rutgers. You could start with a breakfast sandwich and end with chicken parmesan. What rivalry is better than that? I mean, it, do, it doesn't get better than that. Let's go to the opposite coast. Wait, I, I have a question for you. Okay. Now that you're living in Jersey, is it pork roll or is it Taylor ham? It's pork roll. You think it's pork roll? Okay. Yeah, and I keep mine crispy. <laughs> there you go, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go in the opposite coast. I was going to put you on the spot. I know you're not from Jersey. I thought I was going to put you on the spot. And what I was, do you do? I, I, I call it both, man. Like, I'm not from here, so um, whatever someone wants to call it. Like, I have no, I have no dog in the fight. Um, but I, I, it, all, all I know is that when you, when you heat it up, right, you take a fried egg and you put a little cheese on the fried egg and you heat up the, the pork roll or the Taylor ham or whatever it is and you put it on top of that and then you put it on like an English muffin and you, you get a little ketchup on the side, maybe a little hot sauce. Like that is the best breakfast sandwich that you're going to get. I have a confession to make. Oh, oh boy. I don't like eggs. Oh, I, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. It's, <laughs> it's not like not liking pizza or something like that. So. No, you know what? You know what? I don't understand. We had this debate on Twitter with other media. You and I both like flat swings. Yeah. Which I love flats over regular wings. I don't understand the people that, like, look, it's not that I don't like drummies because they're awesome. No, I, but right. if you gave me, if you said I can have, the, you put two wings in front of me and I can only eat one of them. I'm oh, the flat. Flat. Like, it's, it's easier flat. to eat. Yeah. 
I will see the thing is I do it with the, the, the one biter where you like, you break the top and you like that. So that's how it just, it's easier for me to do that. Like, I, I feel like it's not as messy when I eat it that way. I don't know. Maybe I'm just weird. We started talking about the NCAA and unionizing and all these important topics. And now we're talking about chicken wings, but that's what you get here when, when you got Rob Doster and John Fancy talking college basketball. I want to go the opposite coast here. Okay. Is UCLA back? Yeah, I think so. I, I'm, I'm really, really high on UCLA this year. I know that they're not going to have Dacian Knicks coming in. They're not going to have that five-star point guard. Uh, but I really like Tiger Campbell in the sense that he's a guy that can uh, make things happen for other people. You know, he, he's, he's kind of limited in what he is as a scorer. You know, I, I feel like I, every game I watched UCLA play last year, uh, Tiger Campbell was like 0 for 10 from the field. Maybe it happened just a couple of times, but, like, that's what my main memory is. Like, oh, man, this dude cannot shoot. Uh, but he's a really good passer. He's a really good facilitator. Chris Smith is back. I think he's a guy that is is one of these like breakout candidates, right? I feel like he's going to become a national star. What people don't realize, Chris Smith is about to be a senior. He is younger than Presh Thachua, who yeah. is a one-and-done freshman this year, and Cassius Stanley, who was a one-and-done freshman this year. I think he turns – I might be wrong on this, but I'm, I'm like 95% sure he turns 21 on uh, Christmas Eve. So he's young. He's young for his age. He, he's, he's obviously talented enough. Uh, if he's scoring 14 points a game um, in the Pac-12, I think he's probably – like I'm going to pick him as Pac-12 preseason player of the year, uh, mostly because I think that UCLA is going to win. You know, if I thought that Arizona State was going to win, I'd go with Brandon Martin. If I thought Oregon was going to win, I'd go with uh, Chris Duarte or Real, Will Richardson or one of those two guys. Uh, but I think that, that UCLA is going to end up getting it done. They got another kid, a sophomore, named Jaime Jaquez. Jaime Jaquez? Jamie, Jamie Jaquez? I don't know how to Yeah, Jaquez. Jaquez, there you go. Um, he, I think he's going to be a kid that ends up being really, really good. Now, maybe this won't be the year for him to kind of take that big step and, and to like an all Pac-12, first team Pac-12 kind of a player because uh, him and Chris Smith kind of like play the same spot in, in, in a lineup and do the same things. Um, so I do think that Chris Smith is going to take some of the shots. But when you got those two guys on the wings and you got a point guard like Tiger Campbell who is – plenty happy to go out there and distribute and you got some big guys like Cody Riley and Jalen Hill and you got a coach in Mick Cronin who has proven like just to win that's all he does is win like we had all these questions about what UCLA was going to be and they ended up going what 12 and 6 in the past 12 last year and Mick Cronin's first year oh Mick Cronin cannot win in, in LA kids don't want to play his style they don't want to play defense they don't want to be tough blah 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 he's never going to get it done well he started out the season nine and eight and he ended up uh finishing I think they were within a game of first place. Like, if they won on the last day of the regular season, they would have won a share of the Pac-12 title. I think. I might be making that up. But it was something. Whatever it was, they were awesome by the end of the year. And they would have made the NCAA tournament. And no one had that happening in, in January. We hope you listen to the full conversation with Rob Doster. And check out Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams every Tuesday from Pure Hoops Media.